this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the in focus podcast this is g sampath your host for today's episode with punjab just a few months away from assembly polls former congressman amrinder singh has announced that he is all set to launch a new party when captain amrinder singh was unceremoniously replaced as punjab chief minister by charanjit singh channi in september people expected that he would make the congress pay and this week he made his intentions clear with two statements one that a large number of punjab congressmen are all set to join his party and two he will work out a seat sharing arrangement with the bjp now his move has raised some interesting questions realistically speaking what kind of challenge would amrinder's party pose to the congress and for that matter to the other contenders such as the aam aadmi party and the akali dal and given that the bjp has announced that it will contest all the 117 assembly seats how will the seat sharing work and has the captain's exit from the congress really put the lid on internal friction within the party we explore these questions and more with author and commentator amandeep sandhu amandeep is the author of punjab journeys through fault lines a work that is part reportage part memoir and part contextual history he is also the author of two novels sepia leaves and roll of honor Aman thank you so much for joining us thank you sampath always a pleasure to talk to you uh, aman to start with let's let's look at this this basic uh, move that he has made the captain amrinder singh has made it clear that he is launching a new party he is in communication with the election commission about it what do you think are the political calculations uh, behind this decision well very frankly two days back when he had his press conference he was supposed to launch the new party on that day and he didn't okay he's hiding behind election commission and procedures and all that but the fact is that not a single congressman came for the press conference so when he claims that he has support of 79 78 mlas where are those mlas you know so i think there is something else which is going on here he is basically operating from a space of anger and that anger is towards him considering himself and most of india considers him very tall congress leader and now he in his own words has been snubbed and humiliated and removed from cm ship around 4 months before the polls and the person who he considers his nemesis is navjot singh siddhu who was recently made the punjab congress chief it is personal vendetta going on here i am not so sure about all the political calculations that he has undertaken and if they really are going to pay off to him the way he thinks they would there is something mixed up here in his finally what did he do in the press conference he ran over at super speed over the achievements that he considered he has i think 94% or something like that but the three promises he had made on the sikh religious text in december 2015 they are still standing he hasn't broken the back of the drugs he has not provided employment to youth he has not been able to curtail corruption what captain ended up doing in the conference was raise the national security bogey because punjab is a border state and uh, we are you know india is at risk and only he and only he knows how to ensure safety for the country so this didn't appeal much to punjab itself it might have appealed to the country but that shows you how the country does not understand punjab really because 
I mean, if all he can say is that I should remain chief minister, I should come back as chief minister because I'm saving India, then that is a very BJP line to take in the first place, this ultra-nationalism. So I don't think there are too many calculations here. It's just anger operating. Okay, so you're saying that his move to launch a new party is more emotionally driven rather than some kind of a political strategy in mind. And you're also saying that it's it's not very clear that his new party might really hurt the Congress. Uh, no, one second. I'm not saying it won't hurt the Congress. See, when, when a new party is launched, I mean, the example we can go back to is in 2012 when Manpreet Badal broke from Prakash Singh Badal, Shiromni Akali Dal and started his own party. It didn't win a single seat, but they still took away 5% votes. And that time, Akali Dal won over Congress with a margin of 1.5% votes. So if Manpreet had not happened, then Congress would have come back to power in 2012 in Punjab. So any party that you make, it does affect other parties because some people vote for it, though a small percentage. And that changes the, the calculations on the ground. So he could affect Congress, but is he really hopeful of winning? I doubt it. Okay, so you're saying that given the fact that he is driven by some kind of emotional hurt and so on and anger, he's more uh, more than happy to be able to hurt the Congress, uh, regardless of whether he comes back as CM or not. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier is that he seems to be almost taking the BJP line and, and we have heard him say that he will be exploring a seat-sharing arrangement with the BJP, a party that he had been hostile to as chief minister all these years. So, in Punjab, doesn't this uh, mean that he risk, uh, risks losing credibility by saying that he's going to make an arrangement with the BJP? Of course. That is why I'm saying he's operating from a place of anger or, as you want to call it, emotion. And in Punjab, people anyway know this is what the country is now discovering and Punjab has been saying. Remember when he resigned, when he was asked to leave, also we had a talk and I was trying to say that time as well, that Punjab knows that he's ultra-nationalistic. We know that he was supporting that army major who was dragging somebody on the jeep, you know, in Kashmir. We know that he was against Kartarpur Sahib Corridor. We know that he loves baiting Pakistan every time something arises. You know, it's just that the rest of the country does not know. So Punjab in itself is not too surprised that he's taking the BJP line. In Punjab, actually, he has been Modi's face for the last five years since he has been in power and now out of power as well. So, I mean, to to really be surprised, I'm not surprised that he's going the BJP way. But is it in Punjab's interest? Is it in the people's interest? That is something we need to ask him. Okay. Now, coming back to this seat-sharing seat uh, thing and how it might work out in reality. Now, the BJP has said that it is going to contest all the 117 assembly seats. And the captain has also said he's going to contest all the 117 assembly seats. So, how will the seat-sharing actually work or is it just talk at this stage? You know, Sampath, I think most of electoral democracy all over the country is just talk. I mean, BJP can't enter villages, tehsils blocks, even districts in Punjab. Ever since the farmers' protest is on, nobody is listening to BJP. BJP has nothing on the ground, except for what they consider, and I'm not sure even they would vote for BJP, what has been its traditional vote bank, the urban Hindu vote, you know, because they voted for captain last time. So BJP is, you know, I can say I'm going to contest 117 seats. What difference does it make? Or captain, if he's like going to put together, you know, last elections we saw, Aam Party came with such drama, but finally they could not get 
candidates to put up, you know. It's not so easy to find candidates. So I don't know where are they going. To, and now that captain has announced there will be seat sharing. So there will be some juggling between him and BJP. And I don't know what will play out. But this is the farce of electoral democracy in the country. I mean, we are troubled by issues. It's not only only the farmers issue. There are many other issues that trouble us. The government does not pay attention to us. And yet every five years they come to us saying, please vote for us, we will do something. End of the day, none of them do anything. And it's not only about BJP, even Congress, even any other Congress. You know, I think there is a spectacle going on in the country and people unmindfully but willingly participate in this spectacle. And the spectacle doesn't reveal, doesn't result in anything. That's my view. Okay, Aman, you, you spoke a little while back about uh, the fact that there are issues and, and, and going by the headlines, one of the issues that we've seen come up in the last week or so is the Punjab State Congress targeting the captain's relationship with the Pakistani woman Arusa Alam. Now, doesn't this just come across as uh, petty? Like, why would you want to do that? Does it have some kind of an electoral calculation behind it? What's going on there? It's not, I don't think it is petty because she's not just a Pakistani person. She's a Pakistani defense analyst who has been captain's friend for 16 years. Until now, she was a matter of back channel gossip. You know, she was a matter of jokes among people. Everybody knows what is going on there. But nobody really wanted to be public about it because, okay, let's maintain decency. But now with captain going hammer and tongs against Congress, I mean, if he says, now, this is my sweet spot, please protect it. Hello, Captain. That's not going to happen. I mean, this is this is a battle going on. Everybody is going to dig up everything. And you know how Indian people are, even Punjabi people are. We love a little bit of gossip. We love a little bit of, you know, um, noise being created. What will it result in? Nothing. I mean, the 16 years have passed. She's not in the country right now. And we must consider that, I mean, something that we must consider about Captain, I'm not being ageist here, but he's 79 years old. In the last elections, he came and said, please elect me this time. It will be my last election. And now at 79, we are treating him as if he's 35, 40, 50 years old, who can start a new party, win another election. I think we are crediting him with too much. We are not considering something very practical on the ground, that he should be retiring right now and retiring gracefully. But then our honor, our respect is in our hands. You know, If he's going to be so angry and so affronted, then I think he has. he's asking for it. And people will dig it up. And Arusa Alam is a force in Punjab, huh, by the way. I mean, there are enough stories of what is going on, how the bureaucracy works, how captain doesn't pay attention, which is a place from where the Punjab bureaucracy functions. All that is part of public knowledge now. Because people are living it. So her name coming up suddenly and we feeling, oh, this is too much. I think we can't be too careful anymore. You know? Right. Now, coming back to the Punjab Congress, uh, no, one of the, what should I say, the truism was that there has been a lot of internal party strife because of the friction between the captain and Navjot Singh Sidhu. Now, uh, the captain is out, right? Now, has his exit really put the lid on internal strife within the state unit? And, and how does this dynamic post Amarinda dynamic play out given that Charanjit Singh Chani is the chief minister and now Jodh Singh Sidhu still has uh, ambitions? Uh, what is uh, happening on this front inside the party? The matter of Sidhu's resignation itself is not sorted out. And nobody is even trying to sort it out. I mean, there came another 11-point letter that he wrote to Congress chiefs, Congress heads in Central High Command. 
And I mean, strife is a part of politics and strife never ends. It's always a, it's a dogfight of sorts, you know. So somebody or the other constantly wants to replace another. Let's see. I, I'm not in the habit of speculating. So let's see when elections come, if Congress wins, then what happens there? But there are other leaders. And I mean, somebody I I think I mentioned in the last talk as well. Somebody like Sunil Jakhad, you know, he's such a... And look at his Twitter posts these days. He's nicely, you know, lampooning everybody around because we have made a mess of it. I mean, this was a state where Congress could have, you know, worked, earned people's love, supported the farmers' protest, which was against BJP, and retained the state happily. But it's a colossal mess that they have made out of it. I'm not saying that the other parties have can still stake claim to power. We don't know what will happen. But we're just seeing ruins here, one after another. Right. Speaking of uh, the new issues that have been coming up, one of the things that uh, that we have seen in the last uh, 10 days is the centers move extending the jurisdiction of the border security force from 15 kilometers to within 50 kilometers of the international border. Now, is this likely to become a key electoral issue because there are parties which, which are planning uh, protests against this and all the, all the major Punjab parties have been sort of issuing statements against this, except, of course, uh, the BJP and uh, the captain. No, captain supported it massively in his press conference. And he supported it from the point that it will not be a repeat of the past. Now, you have to know what the past was. The past was five years of president's rule in Punjab, continuous, 87 to 92. You know, the past was that police had all the powers and there were extrajudicial killings and there were disappearances. And that is a threat of an extremely police kind of a, and of a society where the policing is very high and BSF represents that for Punjab, you know, and people are genuinely, and how much of Punjab is this 50 kilometers? This basically, Punjab has a border of 552 kilometers with Pakistan. Punjab's own land is about 50,000 square kilometers. 50 kilometers into 552 kilometers is roughly 25,000 square kilometers. So basically, we are saying half of Punjab will be under intense police scrutiny. And that police will have, paramilitary will have unlimited powers, what they want to do to people. This is draconian. This should not happen in any democracy. And the thing that Captain is claiming that a drone came 31 kilometers, dropped Chinese ammunition here. Please give a break. I mean, China has entered Ladakh multiple times. It has entered Uttarakhand multiple times. You know, China is a threat on the eastern border. Pakistan, actually, there hasn't been much going on. There was a peace initiative from their side, Kartarpur Sahib, which India first so reluctantly took up. Captain opposed it massively. When it was implemented, soon COVID happened. It was again stopped. It is not being started again. So to continue drum that same fear, which won BJP the last elections, actually. Pulwama won BJP the last elections. And nothing, there has been no interrogation of Pulwama. There are, there's nothing has come out of how did those 40 you know, CRPF guys die in a, in a blast, how that blast was engineered. And uh, now to keep saying that it's because of Pakistan that we should have this kind of security. It is implemented in Rajasthan, in Gujarat, in Bengal, in Assam also, I think. But we must note that Punjab is very densely populated close to the border. There is half of the state's population is living in that zone. And finally, you know what? 
when it comes to national security the 1965 war the 1971 war you know it is these villagers who fight for the country who support the indians army that is how india won those wars army in itself cannot battle on an empty stomach it is these border people of the country who actually are the greatest nationalists but they are being shown as oh these are these vulnerable people whom somebody will come and attack and we are here to defend we are talking about two nuclear powered countries we are talking of an age where ballistic missiles can travel thousands of kilometers you know so this sham you know cry wolf of national security actually doesn't suit the narrative and the national security is threatened from the eastern border even the prime minister can't name that country and then we are saying oh because punjab is border region there is a big farce going on here and i think we must calm down and not listen to television studios to tell us what national security is it is these farmers who live on the borders and know what national security is this very same farmers who for 11 months now are protesting just so that they can keep their land and when the when the central government does not address their grievances then to impose police to bring security is not going to work in any case right aman you just spoke about the farmers and their protests speaking of the farmers protest as an electoral issue are there any implications do you think of the lakimpur keri uh, incident or the singur incident for the uh, assembly polls in terms of are they likely to further polarize the entire political situation in punjab of course there are implications and the implication is just one that people have lesser and lesser faith in democracy and democratic systems they don't trust the political parties and that trust has to be earned you know so everything will play out in the elections and the way the othering is going on it is going to upset people even more even in my book when i encountered punjab i found that it is seething with discontent and that discontent has gone many times up now so to try to impose an electoral you know system on it and say oh because these people have won elections so they are the true leaders they are not as i said earlier it's a spectacle going on at another realm the real issues of the people on the ground are not being addressed by any government and unless we win people over we are not going to secure even india so they will play out in the elections definitely they will play out but we'll see what happens i mean who knows you know i i have a hunch that it could become like the 1992 elections where officially 23% people voted and then they made the congress government and uh, declared to the world that peace has returned to punjab i don't think peace has returned to punjab right i mean uh, you do have a point when you're saying that uh, there is a risk of the electoral process losing in credibility uh, with the way a certain uh, decisions are being taken things are playing out but uh, we are running out of time and finally i mean just to come back to the original subject of this uh, podcast how do you think the captain's party as and when it is launched and if it sort of goes full steam how do you think it will affect the prospects of uh, the aam aadmi party the sad and the bjp well sad doesn't really have a foot to stand on in punjab they're trying very hard aam aadmi party in the previous elections itself went through three iterations let's see whether they can win punjab's hearts now they seem to be an option to people but I don't think Aam Aadmi Party even understands what to do with Punjab's issues, Punjab's particular issues. They just try to bring in the Delhi point of view, and Punjab and Delhi have been at war for a long time. You know, so I don't think there is a real indigenous party in Punjab which really can, if it wins elections, it can handle some of the issues at least. 
and captain will affect as we earlier talked about any new party that comes it breaks a few votes from here and there some leaders jump ships something changes so it will affect definitely it will affect but whether he will win whether he can really come back into power i doubt it very much and i don't like to speculate i mean the reality itself is too horrendous for me to think what will happen next you know that's right uh, it does remain to be seen how these various issues that we spoke about briefly especially uh, the bs of issue man i didn't know that it would effectively mean almost half of the state coming under uh, a central paramilitary force that really is a very significant issue to consider and in any case we will know soon enough how the captain's party sort of uh, plays the game uh, in the months to come aman thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and insights on this topic pleasure talking to you can can i just say one sentence yeah i really am hoping that sense dawns on captain he calms down and it does not really go around making this new party because you know the patiala princely state has had a huge history of going against the sentiments of the people and captain should not really you know join that line he has a name for himself because of uh, resigned after operation blue star he took a stand on punjab's waters in 2004 and also there is a certain credibility he has in spite of him being a remote sort of a chief minister i think he should keep his dignity enjoy his drink into the sunset and not really start fighting this new battle i hope he calms down right we uh, we need to see whether uh, he calms down or not when you you did make the point that uh, he is a very emotional person and he's in this state right now and you expect that or uh, we would want ideally that he comes down and takes a rational decision well we will we will wait and find out thank you once again aman thank you so much thank you sampath in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon